Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Hallelujah. Well, we have a guest minister this morning, Raymond Crum. If you want to come up, he is uh, used to be part of the family circle. They used to travel the part of the globe uh, <laughs> and uh, minister the gospel uh, to north of us and south of us, east of us and west of us. So uh, we just appreciate you, brother, and uh, waiting to hear what you have to say. Right, thank you. Good morning. Everyone, I am happy to be here uh, as soon as I get myself situated. Uh, is the mic on? All righty, good. I just want to warn you, I didn't have time to print my notes out. So it's handwritten, and sometimes I can't read my writing. So we're in for a treat this morning. We have any visitors here today? One. Well, welcome. And your name's Steve. And you are from? Lewisburg. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you for being here. It's good to see you. Yep. Ah, the Lord is good. I want to thank the worship team for throwing me that bone there, blessed assurance. i tell you what. I like hymns. I really do. <laughs> Blessed assurance, glory divine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. It goes something like that. But you know, what's that? Yeah, well, I used to sing in the shower. It was Elvis Presley. Yeah, yeah. Ain't nothing but a hound dog. Oh, Lord, forgive me. <laughs> At Sunday school, they were teaching how God created everything, including human beings. Little Johnny seemed especially intent when they told him how Eve was created out of the rib of Adam. Later in the week, his mother noticed him lying down as though he was ill, and she said to him, Johnny, what's the matter? Little Johnny responded, I have pain in my side, and I, I think I'm going to have a wife. <laughs> Lord. Huh? Whew. After the church service one Sunday, a little boy told the pastor, he said, when I grow up, I'm going to give you some money. Well, the pastor said, well, thank you. And he said, uh, but Why? He says, because my daddy says, out of all the pastors, you're the poorest one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. You know, 
Here's a little word of advice this morning. There's a fine line between long, drawn-out sermons and a hostage situation. (laughs) You take your pick this morning. My name is Raymond Crum, and as Pastor Steve said, um, used to sing in a gospel group for 32 years. We would preach uh, New England states, the whole way down to Florida and over to Indiana, Ohio, and, and all the, the states there in between. And we've seen a lot of things. And uh, as a child, uh, growing up, I, I wasn't even supposed to be here. My mother, I'm the fourth child in the family of five. And my mother was told when she had my brother Bud, who is five years older than me, the doctor told her, you should not have any more children because it will kill you. Well, I don't know if my brother was so bad that she waited five years, but five years later I was born. And then 18 months later, my sister was born. So, here I am. And then when I was about four or five, anybody ever swim in the Susquehanna River? Yeah. Back in years gone by, used to be a little cleaner, you know. And I was about four or five, and I remember I was swimming out, well, not swimming, pretending to swim. I was touching the ground on out there, and it looked like I was swimming. So I get out to where my brothers were, and they're out there tussling around, and I wanted to get in there too. So I get in there, start tussling around. Wouldn't you know I almost drowned getting out there? They kept pushing me under. I don't know if it was on purpose or what. And I come up spitting and coughing. Of course, you know, I go back in. Well, then I get to be a teenager. I almost drowned again in water. Me and water don't mix. You can ask my wife. She goes out in the swim pool. She's floating around. I go out. Like a rock, like that Chevy commercial, like a rock. Yeah. Well, I'm married to my lovely wife back there for the visitor who does not know. That's my lovely wife back there, Steve. Forty years we're going to be celebrating here in October. Yeah. Yeah. There ought to be an award or something. I'm not sure. There ought to be. Yeah. She needs the award, that's for sure. (laughs) We have nine lovely grandchildren. Uh, One of them is with us today. Lily is is here today. She's not here? Oh, yeah. So I can tell some stories on her. Okay. But that's, that's who I am. I'd like to ask us just to pray before we get started. Oh, God, I'm finding myself at a loss for words. And the funny thing, that's okay. The last thing that I need is to be heard, but to hear what you would have to say. Word of God speak, would you pour down like rain, washing my eyes to see your majesty, to be still and know that you're in this place. Please let me stay and rest in your holiness. Word of God speak. In Jesus' name, amen. In a small farming town of western Oklahoma, the drought continued for yet another month. 
the small community of farmers, was in a quandary as what to do. Rain was very important to keep their crops healthy and for sustain their way of life of the townspeople. As the drought worsened, the local pastor called for a prayer meeting to ask God for rain. On the appointed day, many people arrived in the small country church. The pastor greeted most of them as they filed in. And as they walked into the front of the church to officially begin the meeting, he noticed most people were chatting across the aisle and socializing with friends. When he reached the front, his thoughts were on quieting the congregation and starting the meeting. His eyes scanned the crowd as he asked for quiet. He noticed a little nine-year-old girl sitting in the front row. Her face was beaming with excitement. Next to her was a bright red umbrella, poised alongside of her, ready for use. The little girl's beauty and innocence made the pastor smile as he realized how much faith she possessed. No one else in the congregation had even brought an umbrella. The pastor thought to himself, we all came to pray for rain, but she came expecting God to answer. Wow. If we were to do that, oh God, forgive us for our unbelief. The topic I'd like to speak about today, Pastor Melody gave me a call and said, hey, Raymond, would you speak? Well, you know, I, yeah, sure. Well, then I get home, my pen and paper, I'm sitting there. <laughs> okay, God, what do you want? Sometimes I don't connect the dots, you know. So I agreed. The topic today is when it rains, it pours. Now, you might remember, if you're old enough, the Morton Salt Company had the little girl on the side, and she has an umbrella. The phrase, when it rains, it pours. In other words, when it was damp outside, the salt would still pour. That was their intent. But when I say, when it rains, it pours, it usually means what? Something bad happened, and there's going to be something else right around the corner. I was always told, it comes in threes, you know. In light of our recent attacks that's been happening here in the church, our congregation, and even our communities, I believe God wants us to change our perspective. And stand of the... Instead of the negative phrase, see, i got to write this down because sometimes I just don't think of this stuff. And besides that, it's kind of hard to read my writing right now. <laughs> we should think of the positive encouragement. When the Holy Spirit falls, he soaks our souls. And that's how I take that phrase. When it rains, it pours. When God shows up, <laughs> things start happening. I'd like us to turn to uh, the book of Acts, if you would. Uh, it's better known as the Acts of the Apostles. Now, at this particular time period, the, the apostles, particularly the 12 or the 11 at this time, 
uh, the apostles were primary disciples of Jesus Christ. Now, the book of Acts was written in Luke, uh, was written by Luke, I should say. And the same Luke who wrote the third gospel and is said to be the continuation of that narrative of Luke. So if we look in Luke and we read the last, it reads about the ascension of Christ. And behold, I send a promise of the Father unto you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endowed with power from on high. And he led them out as far as to Bethany. And he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. And it came to pass while he blessed them, he, uh, he parted from them and carried up. This is King James. It says he was parted up. In other words, he departed and was carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. I don't have enough room up here. I'm going to set this one right back here. Put this one over here. Now, it was written by Luke about 60 A.D., which means 60 years after Christ left this earth. I don't say died anymore because he's not dead. We serve a risen king and savior. How about it? Meeting 60 years after Christ's death, Luke was known as a beloved physician and companion of Paul. You know, sometimes we get into healing and we think, oh, you know, we shouldn't go to the doctor because... Christ can heal us. Well, you know, we were created in God's image, and God's a creator. And I think it's only natural that God would give men wisdom to create things to help us. And since Luke, one of the disciples of Christ, was a physician, and he wasn't told not to be a physician, then it's a good thing that we have doctors. Praise the Lord. I know I am here because of the mercy of God and the doctors. So I thank God for that. The book could be called The Acts of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is referred to more than 50 times throughout this book. In chapter 1, we find the church, about 120 of them. I'm going to go through a brief synopsis here. There's about 120 of them waiting in the one room for 40 days. Can you imagine that? I hope they had a room this size or bigger. Let's look at verse 13. I got to turn to Acts first. One thirteen. And when they were come in and they went up into the upper room, does anybody name off the 12 apostles? Can anybody do that? I used to be able to. I'm glad they're written down here for me, right here. You have Peter. You have James. You have John. You have Andrew. You have Philip. You have Thomas. Bartholomew. Bartholomew. 
and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, the zealot. You know what a zealot is? It's an aggressive political party that if you like the Romans, you were taboo. But he was a, a fanatical kind of guy. We think of Peter being fanatical. Well, I think Simon the Zealot was pretty radical. And Judas, not Judas Iscariot, but Judas the son of James. So there was 11 of them right there. Well, for some reason, as you read through there, they think that they need 12. They need to replace Judas. So who do they look for? Well, chapter, uh, verse 23. And they appointed two, Joseph called Orsabus, who was surnamed Justice and Matthias. Now, what's a surname? If you're like me, when I read, I like to ask questions. You know what a surname is? I looked it up. I didn't know. I just read over things sometimes. I don't connect the dots all the time. You can ask my wife. <laughs> so I looked it up. The surname is the last name. In other words, instead of Raymond Crum, it'd be Crum, Raymond. That's how they do it. My brother married a, a Chinese lady, and that's, that's what they do. You go by your last name because your last name identifies you with the, the family. Or if there's someone famous in your generation, like, say, Moses or somebody, you would take on that name. That's a surname. Kind of makes you think of Jesus the Christ. Christ means the anointed one. He didn't come from a man. You know, man had no part of him being here. God did, and Mary. But man, he wasn't needed. God placed Jesus in the womb. So his last name is anointed one, which in the Old Testament, uh, that was only reserved for kings. Christ, the anointed one, only reserved for kings. Things that make you go, hmm. <laughs> Chapter 2, the day of Pentecost. Whew. Fully came. The 40-day wait was over. God's Holy Spirit fell from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. And the Spirit of God as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. I skipped an important verse that I wanted to, to read before we even got started, but I will put it in here. In Acts 2.17, the Apostle Peter quotes, the prophet Joel is saying, And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Now, that verse there says a whole lot of things. First of all, it says when it shall come to pass in the last days. Did you know the disciples thought they were living in the last days? Now, here we are 2,000 years later. And I find myself saying, we're living in the last days. It got to be closer than it's ever been. It's 2,000 years later. I believe God is patient. He, it's his will that none should perish. I think he's holding off till everyone gets saved. I don't know. That's just an idea. 
but I think he's holding off. And then it says he would pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Did you know back in those days, women couldn't testify? Well, they could talk, but it wasn't worth anything. And that's why it was so important when Christ rose from the dead. It was Mary who went and told the disciples. Now, women didn't have it. I'm sorry, in court, your word was no good. But look at this. Jesus is changing things. I will pour my spirit upon all flesh. He goes further. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. You see, women have a voice. You came a long way, baby. Man, thank God for that. And you young men, you shall see visions. <laughs> I had a vision. That makes me young. <laughs> and your old men shall dream dreams. I had a dream. That makes me old. <laughs> I'm in the middle somewhere. Uh, Peter preaches his first sermon in chapter 2. Jesus is Lord and Christ. The Holy Spirit, 3,000 were saved that day, on the day of Pentecost. And each day after that, he added to their numbers. We go to chapter 3. The first apostolic miracle. The apostles performed a miracle by the Spirit of the Lord. And it's found in chapter 3, verses 1 to 11, if I can find it. Now Peter and John were up together into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour, which is about 3 p.m. And a certain man lame from his birth was carried who laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, Beautiful, to ask him alms, to ask all alms for everyone who came into the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked them alms. And Peter fastened his eyes upon him, and John said, look on us. In other words, may I have your attention? And he gave heed unto him, expecting to receive something from them. In other words, a monetary gift. Usually they'd ask for something and people, you know, you know, kind of like you do now, you see people out in the signs and it says hungry or whatever, and you give them money or whatever. You know, it's the same deal going on. And Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I will give to thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he was leaping up, stood, walked, and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they knew that it was he who sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had been happened and was done unto him. And as the lame man who was healed held Peter and John, I can only imagine he was hugging them, 
All the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, and they greatly wondered. Now, the porch was beautiful. Solomon made it, had columns all around, three rows that you could walk in, and it was beautiful. Well, by the time we get to chapter 4, you know, when it rains, it pours. You guessed it, persecution. The Sadducees were persecuting them. Why? Because Peter was preaching that Jesus, God's son, was raised from the dead. Well, the Sadducees, they didn't believe in the resurrection. That's why they were sad, you see. They had no hope. But Peter here is preaching the resurrection. There's hope. There is life after death. On and on throughout the book of Acts, miracles would happen by the Holy Spirit and then another persecution. Miracles, persecution. Miracle, persecution. While Jesus was in his earthly form and he walked among the disciples, he taught them saying in John 16, 33, these things have I spoken unto you that you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. When the Holy Spirit falls, he soaks our soul. We may have tribulations in this life, and it can bring us down because we lose focus sometimes. But God, the Holy Spirit, is with us. I remember one time I was hunting. We have any hunters in here? Anyone hunt? Danny. Oh, okay, Scott. Look in the refrigerator. Yeah. Guy went into Giant the other day, and he was, he was hunting for meat, and they heard a big old shotgun going off. He was hunting. But uh, when I was younger, I was told, you know, if, if you shoot a ringneck, and I was hunting ringneck, if you shoot a ringneck and you wing them, now, I wasn't a great shot. I wasn't a good shot. I was an okay shot. So I shot one. I winged it and it fell down. Well, I went after it, and uh, someone told me at work, and said, well, if you get a ringneck, not completely dead. You take the butt of your gun, and yeah, I, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. But they didn't tell me you should unload the gun first. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I took, I took my 12-gauge, <laughs> yeah, Laura, and I, yeah, <laughs> and that 12-gauge discharged right past my ear. Now, here I stand, <laughs> and I thought I blew the side of my head off. So I stand there waiting for my bodily fluid, whatever, to start leaking onto me. It didn't happen. And I'm standing there thinking, should I reach up there? I did. And I was amazed that I had my ear in the side of my face. I was amazed. So please, please, don't lose your focus. Yeah. Don't lose it. 
I, I, I saw something the other day. I don't mean to turn my back on you. That's my better side. There's a song. There's a song that says, this world can be cold and bitter. Feels like we're in the dead of winter. Waiting on something better, but am I really going to hide forever? Over and over again, I hear your voice in my head. Let your light shine. Let your light shine for all to see. Here's what I like. Holy Spirit, Start a fire in my soul. Fan the flames and make it grow. So there's no doubt or denying. Let it burn so brightly that everyone around me can see that it's you, that it's you that we need. Start a fire in me. You only need a little spark to start a whole blaze. It only takes a little faith. Let it start right here in this city. So these old walls will never be the same. Over and over again, I hear your voice in my head. They need to know I need to go. Spirit, won't you fall on my heart now? Start a fire in my soul, fan the flames and make it grow. So there's no doubt or denying. Let it burn brightly that everyone around me can see that it's you, that it's you that we need. Start a fire in me. You are the fire. You are the flame. You are the light on the darkest days. We have the hope. We bear your name. We carry the news that you have to come to save. That's beautiful. In some odd way, I tried talking about the Holy Spirit. Because sometimes in life, I don't think the Holy Spirit gets enough talk time. You know, Jesus, he went on, he, he went into heaven. I, when I die, I hear people saying, I want to see Uncle Ed or Aunt Betsy. I want to go straight to the Lord and say, thank you. Thank you for saving my soul. Maybe I'm weird. But that's what I want to do, sure as I'm standing here. I want to see Jesus and say thank you. And the Holy Spirit, while we're in this life, we need the Holy Spirit. I was sitting thinking the other day, I'm thinking, and when the Spirit comes on me, what do I feel? I feel warm, not like temperature. But then I was thinking, no. I feel warm, but I feel comfort. Jesus said, I will send the comforter. You know, and the Spirit's with us, and we don't even know it. Used to sing in a gospel group, and we were up in New Hampshire. And a young man, about 16, 17 years old, Terry Galano was his name. And he wanted to go into the Army, but he didn't have the discipline. He was, he was kind of heavy. He weighed, I don't know what he weighed, but he weighed too much to go into the Army. So he had 50 pounds to lose, and he didn't have any discipline up home. So gospel group, you know, what do you do? You take him on in. So he came, and he lived with Cheryl and I, and 
He was under Cheryl's mighty hand. <laughs> and he lost those pounds. And he's getting ready to go into the army. And then one night we were out driving. We were coming back from singing at practice. And Cheryl and I were racing to get home. Terry was in with me, and Cheryl had the kids. Thank God she had the kids. And we were racing home. She took the normal route. I took the shortcut. And I was coming down off the hill, and I was doing 80 mile an hour at the top, and I pulled it into the fifth gear, and I'm rolling down the hill. Now, this hill is probably an eighth of a mile long. It's, it's a good distance. So 80 to the bottom, whatever that was. Well, it had a little corner on it. And then there was a bank and a big field. Well, I hit that corner, and I noticed the car went, Err. and then we slid into the bank, and then it just started going. I held on to the steering wheel. Terry, he was holding on to everything he could. <laughs> and I remembered watching the weeds passing up through the, uh, the windshield, and I'm thinking, Lord, when is this going to stop? And we just kept rolling and flipping. And finally, we went out through the field, probably about 100 yards, and we came down off the field. And finally, when the car rested on the road, down over about a 12-foot bank, the car finally rested on the road. All four wheels were folded under the car. The roof was heaved up like a teepee. And when we stopped, the windshield just fell out. Now, I was okay. The steering wheel was bent the whole way up. That's the only thing I was holding on to. And then Terry, at some point, he hit his head on the mirror, and he had one big gash. So Cheryl saved him for the Army, and I almost killed him going, <laughs> you know? But then we crawled out of the car, out of the windshield. We started walking up the road. I said, Tar uh, Terry, I am so sorry, you know, I... I shouldn't have been racing. I don't know why I do the things I do sometimes. I just do them. No, well. <laughs> so I said, I'm sorry. But, you know, a car would pass by. And we'd flag them down for help because, you know, this is before cell phones, and we wanted to get help. No one would help. So we found ourselves walking about a quarter mile up to a house. I had to call Cheryl. She was wondering where I was. And uh, so finally we got help. But God delivers us. And he watches over us even when we don't know it. And I'm sure there's some sitting here today that might have a testimony of how the Holy Spirit brought them through something or protected them from something. I'm just going to open it up now a little bit if uh, someone would like to give a testimony unto God. In this house of God, can I get a testimony? <laughs> I don't wish to embarrass you. Matter of fact, to ease you up, I'm just go I won't embarrass you. I, I promise this. I'd like everyone just to stand, if you would. Okay? Now, if you're by yourself, you want to pair up with somebody. It takes at least two people here now. Yeah. Okay. So what I want you to do is turn to the right. Put your right arm on their right shoulder. Yeah. Turn the face this way. Everyone, everyone face. Yeah. Everyone face this way. 
with your right arm on their right shoulder. Put your left arm on their right shoulder, left hand. Left hand on their left shoulder. Now squeeze. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, Bible talks about laying on hands. Yeah. Here we go. Now, it also says, if you give, you shall receive. So now everyone, turn around. Face this way. Oh, yeah, huh? Now, there you go. How about that? That laying on of hands right there. Yeah. All right, you can be seated if you can. You're enjoying this way too much over there. We have any testimonies? Go ahead, sister. Hi, everybody. My name is Lynn Ann, and this is different from what maybe you'll expect, but I was just thinking, you know, God protects us from so many things that we don't know. And so this isn't a, I ask the Lord to protect me from myself all the time, and he does. But I just had this little calamity in my camper and had a flood. The water ran for 10 hours without me home because of a silly little mistake. It's just too much to tell you. Anyway, I was in bed last night, and I was just thinking. I was like, Lord, you could have just, this is real. You know, like, you could have just maybe let me know what was going on, and I could have, one little thing. Don't turn the faucet for when there's no water power and forget to put it back so when the water comes back on, you flood. And I was thinking, you know, Gosh, one little stupid thing that I did. Just won't, you all know, one thing changes everything so quickly. But I was a little bit like, oh my gosh, I've made so much work for myself and drama and financially and blah, blah, blah. Please pray that, pray that I have favor with the insurance company. <laughs> anyway, when I was thinking, you know, Lord, you know, this one little thing, this wasn't one of the things that you let me know about. You know, and it was like, it just kind of showed me how, I hope you get what I'm trying to say. There are so many things we don't know that he protects us from. We are not even aware of how many things during the day that one little thing could have changed everything in our life. And especially being so busy, we don't always see that, but... I'm just so grateful for all the things that I don't see that he's protected me from. And, and you know, it was an ex I'm not going to say expensive, because the insurance company is going to take care of it. So um, it just showed me, you know, there's just so much more to even be grateful and that he does for us. You know, and I was whining, and he, he let me see that... No, there's, this is opening my eyes to see how much we have to be grateful for, and we don't even know it. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Yeah. Anyone else? Okay, my name is Cindy. <laughs> when you brought up about the accident... It reminded me of a time my parents used to come. They lived an hour from me, and they would come down, 
and take me out to dinner sometimes. So we, came, we were coming from dinner, so my mom and dad were in the front, and I was in the back. And I told my dad, now watch when you take that curb, because there's a four-foot drop there, and there's nothing to block it. You do not want to go down that, down that embankment. And he says, no problem. You know, my dad, you know, no problem, right? We go, and he takes the curb, and we go down the embankment. <laughs> And it was so phenomenal because it was like a slow, slow motion type thing. And we ended up, my mom and I are in the gutter, and my dad is in the top part of the car. He gets out of the car and doesn't even try and help us to get out of the car. <laughs> and he said, well, come out. And we said, we can't get out. So unlike you, someone came by with his cell phone and called. And so the police and everybody came, and they had to pull my mom and I out onto the ground. And when the tow truck came, the Lord was speaking to me and said that not only the Holy Spirit, but his angels watched over, right? And when the tow truck came and the cops went under the car, there was nothing wrong with that car there wasn't any mud on it. There wasn't a scratch on it. We were able to get in that car and drive away. But it was a testimony on to them because we said it had to be God. You know, it had to be God. And my, my, my dad would go, yeah, whatever, you know, <laughs> because, you know. But anyway, that, that was one of the things that where the Holy Spirit, you know, stepped in and released my angels to protect us. But it was like just slow motion. It was like plump, you know. So that was phenomenal. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Surely that clock is slow back there. Anyone else? Tracy and Danielle? Tracy, you can be next. So any anyone who doesn't know, I am currently um, going to school because I'm trying to be a physical therapist assistant, and I have a job already. So for school, you have to um, do observation hours. And so next year, when I get in, in the name of Jesus, when I get into school, um, I won't be able to work in my current job. So I have been saving for a long time to be prepared to be unemployed, if that's the case. So... Um, Recently, while I was doing my um, my observation hours, I was like, God, I started to get scared, honestly, because I'm like, to live without having income, I was like, all right, I'm going to do this, but I'm pursuing what I feel like God wants me to do. So I had to shadow at two places, and one of the places that I shadowed at, it was like my second day, and the, and, um, the head PT comes up to me, and she goes, can I talk to you? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And she's like, would you like to work here? And I was like, you mean like you want to give me a job? And she's like, yeah. She goes, I know the school that you're going to. You're not going to work Mondays, and you'll have hours after. So if you want to even start now, I will. we can get you to start now. So that's crazy because she said the flexibility for this job basically will work with my school schedule. So it was 
the timing of it was so amazing. I had just been saying, like, God, I actually don't know how I'm going to do this. And I'm scared about it. And me just doing what I got to do, God is like, you know what? Don't even worry about it. Boom. And so now I have another job, and I'll be set up for school. So I will also have my foot in the door already for that field. So that's awesome. Thank you. Anytime I have a chance to brag on God, I love to do that because he's just awesome. My whole life has been an intervention. And, and I, I think sometimes, you know, God said, you know, you need extra angels for, for this one. But unlike Raymond, I never speed. And <laughs> this is a time it would be good for me to be Catholic because then I could go in and repent for that. But Anyhow, real, th- three really quick ones is one time I was uh, driving. I don't think I was speeding this time. I was driving to work, and it was, uh, it was a cold winter day, and it was icy, and my car hit black ice. And I remember going round and round and round, and I remember saying, all I said was, Jesus. And I was just crying out, Jesus. And when the guys came to pick up my car, they basically said, because it went around and it went into the ground and it sunk into the ground. And they were like, I, we don't know how this happened because the ground is frozen. And so somehow it sunk into the ground. They said it's the only thing that saved her because it would have flipped the car and it could have been a very bad thing. Another time was whenever I was, um, is before I knew the Lord. Um, and I was driving back Fishing Creek Road. Anybody know Fishing Creek Road? It is a very scary place after midnight. And I was driving back here, coming home from a friend's house, and my, I was like 19 and foolish, and my axle was one of my dad's cars, and the axle just broke, and the car, you know, the wheel went in, and I kept driving because I'm like, I'm not stopping here. And I went around the corner until I found a house. And they came to pick the car up once more and said, and my, and my dad did not kill me. So that alone was, was uh, the angels being there. But they said, this is a miracle. That the guys literally said that. They said, because of an axle brakes like that, it flips a car, you would have been a goner. And um, so the third thing real quick was we were down at the ocean one time. This was an amazing thing. And um, a friend and I were in the back seat, and my mom and dad were driving, and um, we got stuck in the bridge. Our car just quit, and it was a really bad place to be. And so my friend and I were praying in the spirit. We were back there praying, and my mom and dad, of course, don't, uh, we're not, they thought we were crazy. But anyhow, we were praying in the spirit, and this man came in in a truck, and he pulled over, and he got out, and he said, you guys having problems? And we said, yeah, my dad's a mechanic. So my dad was trying to fix the car and couldn't fix it. The guy came out. He did something to the car and started. And my dad said, thank you. He said, just, he, he said to my dad, just follow me. I'll take you in, and I'll show you where to go. So we, he got, you know, we got in the car. We followed him in. He took us to this gas station where they could help. He said, they're going to help you. And we turned around to thank him, and he was gone. And he totally disappeared. And when we asked the people about this man who let us in, they knew, they knew nothing about this man. So we truly believe that it was an angel. So thank you for listening to that. But those were just three of them that were uh, awesome things of God. Thank you. Thank you. Any, anybody else? Ron? Stephanie and Ron. Okay, it would be Stephanie, then Ron. 
If anyone has to go, feel free to get up and go. It's 12 o'clock, I believe. So, but if you don't have to. Okay. Um, first of all, when I was first got my driver's permit, I was in a really bad car accident with my sister and my mom. And my mom had bruises all over, and my sister was in the hospital for nine days, and I broke my hip. And that really started off a really deep depression and anxiety. And for several, several years, I dealt with that fear and anxiety and really self-hate, and it really developed over the years. And it got so bad that I was suicidal. And I always believed there was a possibility that I would get out of it, that I would get out of that dark place. And just through God's faithfulness and friendship to me, I've come out of that. And the reason I want to say it is because, um, I, I don't know, I feel like in that time, the enemy tried to silence me so much that like even getting up here now, I'm shaking like crazy because it's scary. But I feel like it's important for me to say it more because God is good and that's what I'm supposed to do. Thank you. Uh, I was told a couple weeks ago that I had cancer, but they were going to do a test to make sure the cancer didn't get in my bones. And I had the test done this week, and it didn't get in my bones. So I'm thankful for that. And it is curable. So I'm expecting, right? <laughs> Thank you. It was I said it was an aggressive cancer. So that's what had me pretty shook up yeah but I'm like the day they say it's not my bones I'm like I'm so thankful yeah yeah, yeah. thank you anybody else God's alive and well you know sometimes in this life go ahead come on up Scott Well, I can delay everybody for probably a couple hours if you really wanted to, but um, yeah, we're just we're going to make this re we're going to make this real quick and short. I was 14 years old. We lived right on the river. I, I swam out in the river all the time. We had a boat. I take the boat out one day and I'm swimming in a place where I I swam there a hundred times. I dive out of the boat, out of the front of the boat. I hit my head on a rock, knock myself unconscious. I'm floating down the river, face down, and. I pass by the boat, and I wake up right at the very end of the boat, and I'm able to lift my hand up and grab a hold of the corner of the boat and hang on until I was strong enough to pull myself back in the boat. I, I know that wasn't me. I, I know who that was. That was the Lord. Anybody else? I don't want to shut it off. Oh, here comes my lovely wife. This isn't about me, is it? Well, actually, I was going to say it needed the Holy Spirit to get through those 40 years, right? <laughs> but actually, I was, I was just thinking all of the times that um, we share our stories. I know in the salon when I've shared Raymond's um, testimony of his healing, 
and when you share your life with people, they see the Holy Spirit, even in the hard times, even the struggles you're going through, it, you're witnessing, and, you're, and the Holy Spirit will let you share times of the things that you've gone through because the world out there is going through it, but they don't have the hope that we have. And so I just want to encourage you not just to share our stories here, but to share our stories out there and our, our testimonies because it's a test. But the thing is, we have the victory in the test. And so I just wanted to encourage you all because I know as we share the stories, we don't want to, you know, we won't want to glorify what the enemy does. We want to glorify what God does. And, and by sharing them and saying this is what God's done for me, it's just, it just encourages people. And as I shared the stories of what happened with Raymond to my customers, people were opening up to me and say, I had a vision and I never told anyone. And, and God did this for me and I never told anyone. And so it just releases them to share what God's done too. I just want to uh, add something to, uh, to that because a lot of times when we witness, we think we have to go in for the kill. In other words, we've got to ask them if they're ready to receive Jesus. But, the, but what was just shared, if you just share your testimony, the Bible said, uh, Paul said, I water, or I planted Apollos water, but God gives the increase. You don't have to always challenge them <laughs> to receive Jesus at that moment. If they're open to it, okay. But just share your testimony, and you're planning, you're watering, and they're going to open up. If, you know, if they're ready for it, that's great. But you don't have to feel under pressure. When, you, when you're under pressure, they're going to feel that pressure. <laughs> In conclusion, yeah, this life sometimes is hard. And I think of Stephanie, that's hard. I think of Danny, that's hard. I think of Ron, that's hard. You know, we go through some hard things. But talking about it helps heal, as Stephanie said, helps heal. I'll leave you with one last story. Because sometimes life is broken. And we don't know what to do. We're out with the family circle driving a big old bus. <clears throat> and I noticed the air pressure went down to zero. Well, without air pressure, you can't stop the bus. So I finally pulled it into a mall parking lot. And uh, there was a hardware store. So Larry, he jumps out right away. While he jumps out, I'm out underneath the bus and I see what's wrong. A plug came out of the, the air cylinder. And if I can plug that hole back up, we should be okay. So I had to plug. Larry and I started out across the parking lot, going to the hardware store. And the open sign was there. And the guy seen us, turned it to close. Well, Larry was persistent. I was right behind him. <laughs> I had his back. And uh, we're up there. Finally, he comes from the back of the store. He opens up the door. Explain to him, hey, we're a gospel group. We're on our way, this, that, and other thing. You know, we just need this little plug, you know. Oh, come on in. So we went back there. First, first nut we picked up was exactly the same that we needed. So 
we walked out the door, and as soon as we did, the door shut, and it was locked. We weren't getting back in. So it better be the right one. So we get in there, and uh, sure enough, it gets fixed. But before that all happened, we're praying. Lord, should we go on? So we're there praying, and the, the doors, um, the, the tables there, and the seats, and the windows. And it was Rebecca, Diana, Larry, myself, Cheryl, and our sound man. I'm not sure if it was Steve Stansfield. It may have been. And I said, Lord, what should we do? Without breaks, we can't go anywhere. I said, Lord, tell someone here in this group what we should do, whether we should go, yes, or go back home, no. So sitting there praying, and God didn't say anything to me, and I'm looking around. Nobody said anything. And then God dropped in my spirit, Ash Rebecca. Now, Rebecca is the oldest, youngest one of the group. And so I, I opened my eyes, and there she was looking out the window. I closed my eyes, said, God, she's not listening. <laughs> he said, ask her. Opened my eyes, I look at her. Looking out the window. Finally, I said, Rebecca, what did God say to you? And she said, he says, yes, go. We packed up and we went to the concert the Lord moved. I said all that to say this. Things seem broken, but God has a way of fixing them. So I have a challenge for you this morning. Are we going to stop or should we go on? You know, I think of Dave Rivera and everyone in the church that, you know, things come against us. Are we going to stop or are we going to go on? So if you're going to go on, stand with me, and we'll just pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for being in our lives. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that comforts us and guides us. Thank you, Father, for this time to be together. We give you all the glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to just add a P.S. It was two weeks ago in, in church, and I kept hearing, when it rains, it pours. When it rains, it pours. But he spoke, but the opposite, because when we hear it, we see negative. But the Spirit of the Lord says that literally, I'm going to pour, I'm going to rain, and it's going to become a flood. It's going to become a pouring. And just like people anticipate the negative, we're going to anticipate the good. And, um, and so I never shared it because I thought, I don't want to get up and try to explain everything I knew in a moment. But what it was, when it rains, it pours in the positive. And so when you said that today, I'm going, good, he explained the whole thing in today's sermon. That was awesome.